0: Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Hope you can hear me. A bit of a chaotic morning. Just had to scoop my kids up from nursery. Uh, They've been called in. I've been called in because they've got ringworms, which you didn't need to know, did you? But I'm telling you, because I'm I'm just an overshare on this show, aren't I? That's my thing. So you're getting me in my kitchen, and it's a bit echoey because we're getting a floor laid tomorrow, so it's all a bit hectic. So sorry about that. But we didn't want to miss this show because we're announcing the latest instalment of Therapy Live uh, with my colleague and friend, Michael Schumacher, my partner in crime when it comes to Therapy Live stuff. And especially he's going to come into his own on this show. It's um, going to be right at the forefront of it in many different ways, including the it's, – it's, this is pretty much his brainchild, really, this particular instalment. And so uh, I will be throwing over to him for, for much of this. You'll be pleased to hear. But as per usual, do let me know if you can hear okay, especially because – I don't know how stable this internet is and, and things, and if the echo is uh, too annoying, I'll see what I can do, go and hide in the garden or something. But if all's well, I will hopefully bring you Michael Schumacher. Michael, can you hear me okay?
1: I can. Good.
0: Good. Well, well, let's proceed as if everything's behaving itself. Let's get rid of that frame for now. Um, so yes, thank you for your patience. We're a few minutes late, aren't we? Uh, but we're, we're here now. And uh, fortunately, Talita said she doesn't mind me oversharing, which is nice. So uh, it tells us that the the signal's working. You can hear us okay. So I want to throw to you first, then, as, as I just mentioned, I would say we talked about business show, business content quite a while back, and you were definitely at the forefront of sort of suggesting about... Solve was helping to solve some of the problems that you hear about from clinic owners all the time. And as this has come together and as the programs come together, I've been quite excited to see that you were absolutely right. Um, not that it was in doubt, of course, mate. But yes, just tell me a little bit about why you felt that this was was going to be useful and why we could apply our educational format to this subject matter.
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I was looking at stats the other day. I speak some to somewhere between 20 and 30 clinic owners a week. And what's quite interesting is that they all have very similar issues, um, a, lot, you know, a large percentage it's about recruitment as as everyone's probably aware, recruitment, yeah. um, retention, although interestingly less about retention, more about recruitment, which is an interesting one, sure. um, a lot of it is about how much they spend on marketing, a lot of it is about systems and processes and 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 I think from that over the last few years, I think uh, a, a business show is definitely needed. And I know that there are lots of business shows out there, but I have a bit of a problem with um, certainly one type of show, which are the ones that are um, run by the gurus, the ones where you spend an awful lot of money and get very little practical advice or implementation advice. Um, you know, I think we talked not so long ago about click funnels and how so many businesses mm. and clinics in in the industry using click funnels and. It's it's just horrific um, how how clinics are using those. And I think having uh, me, you, uh, EYC, Elevate Your Clinic, and and people that we know and trust within this industry, and also clinic owners that have done incredibly well, having all of that put together into a show that that gives you really practical advice, gives you um, real-world advice as well, things that are actually working for clinic owners, um, and and to some extent, sharing that information uh, between clinic owners, because uh, from our customers, I know that a lot kind of a, these little silos—they don't like to talk about what they do because someone else might see it. Well, in my mind, it doesn't actually matter if you're in Southampton and they're in Glasgow.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, 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 yeah, the geography should should decrease that likelihood of competition. I think there was a brief wave where everyone thought they were going to be scrapping for. The for the same virtual pie when actually that never appeared did it so so you know the geography matters there so let me just circle on the announcement then which is on the 18th of September Therapy Live Business three streams of education and this is a show being collaborated on and we think about we are well placed to have lots of great content and lots of great speakers but particularly in construction I feel blessed because obviously we've got PhysioMatter's got a lot of content, contacts, don't get me wrong, but through HMDGs, our marketing and digital experts, our partners on, on this project throughout, but also Michael and his team able to contribute to, to the development of this show and focusing in on solving the problems that are clearly present in the industry. And then we've also got, we're partnering with Elevate Your Clinic, you'll have seen them on the last Therapy Live event. They launched their academy, and so Andy Hosgood, Phil Badley have been contributing and will be we'll be very involved in helping with some of the moderating and, and other things that, that help to bring to the fore these issues that Michael has hinted at, as well as, and we'll talk about, about the detail on the content, but for me, I've noticed that on a clinical side, one of the things I've always been frustrated about is a cookie-cutter approach, one-size-fits-all, and you seem to have always been really frustrated with that on your side of it as well. It's like a similar thing. Does that speak to those events and that those styles yeah. of content that you were mentioning before?
1: It does. I think there are, the, the cookie cutter thing is, is a real um, pain for me because mm. every clinic is different. Just like every business is different. You will have, um, forget about services for a second. You, you have a different outlooks. You, you, you treat patients in a different way. And, and I think it's really important that in, in any business to make sure that that visibility or the visibility that you have reflects who you are as a clinic owner, who you are as a clinic. And so, you know, I see all these ads all the time, you know, get 2000 patients using our beautiful, perfect system. And it's just a nonsense. That That isn't how business should be. Um. So there's there's part of that. And I think also a lot of other business shows they don't tackle some of the issues that I think are really important. And you talked about clinical excellence, and I'll give you an example here. As a marketing person, you want to charge as much as you can for a product or a service, right? But when it comes to physiotherapy or healthcare in general, there is actually a bit of a problem there. Because, you know, when you speak to clinical coders, they say things like, well, is it you know uh, there's the imposter syndrome first of all can i charge as much as an orthopedic surgeon then there's the you know well everybody else charges um, less than me well that's not a problem necessarily um it could be first and second appointments. so you know this initial appointment second appointment thing yeah. which i'm not a fan of um and, and these topics are things that we come across every single day and and I haven't seen business shows really talking about those things. Another one is recruitment. We all know that recruitment is tough at the moment. I think, and 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 I don't know if we're going to make the announcement today or, or maybe at the show about something that we're doing, but we know that recruitment's um, a, a, an issue. But who's looking at retention? Who's looking at strategic compensation? And, and you just don't see that out there. So I think what we have as Therapy Live and Physiomatics and HMDG is a very specific... Um, bit of knowledge from a clinical side uh, which can then be translated into business and most of the shows just simply don't do that they'll look at you know how to do SEO or um, what should my marketing do and I think that's actually that's that's basic I I think we Mm. can take another level and talking about clinical excellence and and another example this is a topic that we're going to be covering clinical excellence versus profitability because you know, from a from a retention standpoint or from a marketing and revenue standpoint, if I owned a clinic, I'd buy a shockwave and I'd treat every last person with shockwave and charge <laughs> them. That. Right, that's, that's kind of, you know, that makes sense from a business perspective. But can you have clinical excellence? Can you be an ethical clinic doing that? And, and you can't. And so how do you navigate that? How do you appropriately market yourself and an ethically sell? Um, and maybe that's through products, uh, diversifying your product, actually, which is another topic that we'll be likely covering. So I think that's where other business shows and information fail. It's all cookie cutter, it's general stuff. Here's my templated email. And I think we can be much cleverer than that. If you're a, a clinic aspiring in the 20, you know, 2021, 2022, to get past the whole COVID thing and and, and aspire to be something special and do something different and be competitive and react to, to what you're seeing, but also be proactive in terms of what you're offering, then this is the kind of show that's gonna enable you to do that. I think that one of the
0: things I'm, I'm particularly excited about is how we will be able to cater to wherever you are in your journey as a therapy business owner. Even if you're sort of a, a, an aspiring therapy business owner, your you plan is in the next year or so, you're gonna give it a whirl uh, with, a, with a, uh, a bed in your boot, uh, and a bag of a bag of kit for all the way through to the sort of multi clinic large team practices we've got something for you because we think that the, the principles can be applied as well as then the industry insight that we have is going to mean that we can tailor it to you now we've got three streams of education foundations growth and then innovation you can imagine how Excited, imagine how many sessions we could have put in the innovation stream because that's usually where we kind of come from. But also, one of the reasons we're not just dining out on like, here's the hottest new thing is because we don't think that's sustainable either, right? It's not about you having to reinvent the wheel all the time, right? There's some great best practice examples that we have in our community that we're going to be bringing forward. So, we're going to have panels with specific industry experts Michael included in his team on something like marketing but then also having clinic owners on those panels to then explain about how they translate that material uh, into into changes for their business as well as then distributing their time like one of the mistakes that me and you have spoken about before I think even on this show is where people end up centering their business in and around an owner and even an owner's style of practice now uncoupling that it's so stupid to think that that's purely a business thing, a business systems thing. But it's also stupid to think that that's purely a clinical thing, and that an, an owner simply being able to translate their clinical product or um, give the freedom of, of clinical practice to their clinicians and everything will be fine. It's a, it's a both of those things and other things really. you've got to, you've got to weave it, weave it together. In a, in a mature fashion. And and so that's where that those clinical insights will support the show. But also, it's important to, to not be naive about those bottom line features that, that people are concerned about. And th- these trade offs, they needn't be a winner, right? You needn't have clinical excellence or profitability, right? These things can be but we, we also can't pretend that they don't come to blows sometimes. And I think from what I recall, even on the last time you were on this show, you'd said that sometimes people feel it's an either or. Mm,
1: I, I think so, and and it doesn't have to be. I, I think that it's all kind of interwoven. And and if we take Andy Hosgood at Elevate Your Clinic, we've been friends and partners for two years or something now, and and it's really interesting because he's a clinician. He's someone that still owns a clinic, but but works with with clinics to you know on the on the business side. And we work so well together because we understand that there's a massive relationship between what you do in marketing, what you're doing on the business side, and what you're doing on the clinical side, mm-hmm. and all of that counts. And you know, even if it's something really simple, like uh, someone comes to us and says, "We'd like to get, you know, just a few new patients, have a bit of control over the the um, the, the numbers that are coming in." Okay, great. What's your profitability per patient, so we know what it, no. you know, what what our CPA should be, i.e., the cost of of getting someone on board. And more often than not, they say, I, I don't know. And well, if you don't know that, then you can't really start a marketing program against anything because you don't know if you're making a loss or not. And, and that's where it all becomes really interesting. And another one uh, it might be something like sports massage. I'd like to market more sports massage. Okay, well, we all know that a patient is less likely to come back or need to come back for a sports massage than if they're a neuro patient, right? If they've got a, a, a neuro issue. And so, what are we doing here? If we're marketing it, are we then pushing people into rehab if they need it? Because if we're not, then you're actually not going to make a huge amount of money. So there's all of these things that just just all work together, and I think that's what's that's what's quite interesting about this show is 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 putting the, all those things together and and um, coming up with some some actual actionable insights.
0: Absolutely, I think. One of the things that I would have loved to have done is just, and I would have shared with you guys uh, some snippets from the, the show plan, uh, which I haven't had a chance to do because it was a bit frantic this morning, but I'm going to just reel off a few, a few snippets from, uh, from the show uh, that we've got planned in each stream. So, for example, in room one is foundations. Marketing mistakes to avoid that everyone makes. Business success versus clinical excellence, we've mentioned. What to measure and why. Staying out of jail, health and safety avoiding business coach gurus now i wanted to just hover on that for a second michael because you're being interviewed for that session um it's an area of of major passion one of the things that i think we might face is the accusation that we are we're actually going to feed into that or trying to position ourselves or others in our network eyc as if we are then the gurus but Fundamentally, we're trying to be a bit anti-guru, and you're going to highlight that in that session. What's your what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, and let's just define the guru. The guru is the person that doesn't really um, have any idea what they're talking about. They come up with all sorts of clever uh, or not so clever systems and techniques, and, and it's all about um, how to get you know 20,000 new patients. It's all lies, right? Get 20,000 new patients for just £2 of it or whatever. Um, and I, I do understand the accusation, but here's the difference. It would be like accusing a personal trainer that tells you to squat, push, press and pull as being a guru, because that's all that we as a business do. It's all we need to do. What are those absolute basics? What are the mistakes to avoid the silly things? There's nothing here. And, and I hate to say it, I'd like to be some kind of marketing and business genius. A lot of it is not it's, it's, it's foundational. It's common sense what are you spending how so I think that you know we don't have any clever systems we don't have any clever um unique things it's really no different to as I say a personal trainer who says okay you want to get stronger five by five squat push pull press you know it, 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 no, <laughs> okay. you know I'm, I'm not getting you stand on a BOSU ball with a kettlebell in in one hand and a I don't know dumbbell in another Um, and so what I really want to do on the guru show is just look at what some of the things that they're saying, selling, because we have clinics approaching us all the time who have spent, and I'm not joking, tens of thousands of pounds. And I I don't know if we can mention the risk of getting sued, but, you know, we all know who they are and the stuff that they come out with is just, it's just stealing money from people. And, and I think it's really wrong. And I think it's really important to also exhibit that. The best clinics that we know and you know um, through PhysioMatters, the very best clinics, and the most successful, are not the ones doing the stupid, let's say, for example, ClickFunnels. They're not doing that. They're, they're presenting a really good product. They're digitally present. They're doing all the right things. And and
0: they're also grappling with the appropriate trade-offs that we're describing. You know, they're, they're, you, we, we invite those questions and they're often saying, oh, this is where we, the conclusion we've come to when confronted with that challenge they don't then say well it's just step three of the seven step model that i follow they never none of the great clinics none of the sustainable ones especially you know those that have got that that history that that 10 20 30 years worth of of legacy experience of being sustainable having come through various different challenges including we're going to have insights from clinic owners that that will talk of, of 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 that 2008 period of, of, the, of the changes that happening around PMIs, around the final financial crash. Not necessarily I'm saying we're going to have content that niche, I'm meaning that they have had those experiences and those experiences have coloured their insights and they will be sharing their, their case as well as then bringing their expertise to panel discussions that will help clinic owners to not make any mistakes in that direction, but also where simple mistakes do happen, learning from them quickly and not let them be fatal to therapy businesses because there's so many things where and it, and I think that's why I wanted to bait you on the guru thing is because when you go down that rabbit hole that can be fatal. It's not a simple mistake. It's often a mistake at the cost of, of sometimes tens of thousands, or it becomes almost an ideology that's hard to then get out of. And by the time you climb yourself out of it, out of that little mini subcult of business niche, you you've not necessarily you've you've lost your heart and soul in your in your actual clinical care but then also it, it can be something that really spoils an interesting entrepreneur and so i think that, that that will be something that i wanted to make sure we planted a flag on and say this isn't us then calling out one side or one style of sort of what we consider guru tactics and replacing it with another this is us we're going to be totally honest with you much like we have done on other therapy live shows and say sometimes this stuff's complex but it needn't be complicated when applying it right you know, the, the conversation can be wor- wide reaching but do the simple things well
1: and and you will achieve and and, and thrive the con- the consultative bit is is the important element here because whenever we're talking to any of the uh, our clinics our customers it, every conversation is different um, mm. you know one one person says i uh, my head's on the on the above the door i can't my name's above the door i cannot deal with any more patients what can i do I <laughs> other people busy another clinic says I can't get any patients through the door mm. so, so every single um, conversation again is consultative and not, as you said, oh well, just jump to step three or or miss step four and go to five yeah. it, and, and it is about really understanding a business and what they require beyond you know uh, here are five here are the five key things to a successful digital marketing campaign. Well, they may not be relevant to you as a clinical owner well you know.
0: It's, it's just it kind of beggars belief doesn't it when you think about the diversity of, of 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 different types of problems that people currently have and also the variety of different circumstance that clinic owners have from someone who is i always use this this cliche because where i came from is that you get a person above a hairdressers right doing a few hours or, or side room of a gym then you've got someone that's got one or two clinics, but within a certain um, really obvious geography, right? They're known to that town. And then you've got that they might branch out to then a few different towns, some of which they don't live within. And they might have different demographics for each of those clinics, therefore different products and services. And then you've got your obviously broader than that. You've got your sort of national and international brands. We've got, of course, they've got different needs and circumstances, but on also the factors that are affected by time, the pandemic, the market demands are variable. It's embarrassing that anyone wants to imply that there's a cookie cutter, and we're certainly not going to do so, which is one of the reasons why I think when we started talking about it, we are like, I reckon maybe 12 or 15 sessions. No, we're on for a 30-session show, three rooms of education, because we don't want to necessarily miss the detail. And that's one of the things that, that I wanted to just go into for room two, which is called growth. Certainly not just for those that needing to grow, wanting to grow, but also just those that need to recognise some of the factors that will help them to grow and stay current. The importance of feedback, the role of an accountant. We've got a great accountancy team that, that then are going to talk, talk about what you should be doing and in, in getting out of your account if they're not doing what they should be. Legal considerations of employment from a leading HR uh, lawyer. Um, how much should I invest in marketing? That's a panel that you'll be involved in or you and your team will be involved in, Michael, and, and a great example of how we're saying that there isn't a, you don't, I can't imagine you're gonna come away from that panel with a number in mind, right? Cause it'll depend completely on people's individual circumstances. And and rather than it again, being a, a cookie cutter, work-life balance and personal productivity, of course, a really important thing for us to, to cover, as well as then talking about some of the competitiveness variables right how do you remain friends in a locality or beyond but also still be appropriately competitive and and comradely uh with your with your friends locally and and i think that these are sorts of things that there's an elephant in the room often in in therapy business and the balancing act that people have in healthcare which is quite different to to two competing corner shops is something that, that doesn't get talked about maturely enough, I would argue. And so I'm glad that that stream certainly has some more there. One of the things I wanted to invite you on to, to comment on, on that theme, really, Michael, is when it comes to business growth, that seems to be an area where people just assume, well, it's, it's simply, it's simply more patients. And therefore, if I can't see more patients within my own team capacity, it's simply recruitment. Whereas actually it needs to be a bit more calculated than that. And you mentioned things like retention, you mentioned things like efficiency, just wanted to invite your thoughts on, on growth generally as a concept and how we're going to be visiting that as a show. Yeah,
1: I think this is actually maybe growth is, it implies that this is all about getting new patients through the door and it it actually isn't about that. Um, maybe progress, or something like that yeah how how do i systematize things what systems are there available for me um how am i able to be more strategic financially what are those strategic factors um and i think that's where it becomes really really interesting because i would say at the moment about 90 percent of everyone we work with are busy as hell don't have any time um so, yeah struggling with recruitment um and have a really tough life with a um work-life balance that's about 90 percent of everybody so what can you do to help your business and help your clinic in in that area and i think we're covering quite a few really interesting topics there um and you know for me from a very personal perspective it's about um using systems as much as possible to streamline things. What can you do to take yourself out of it? We had a lovely clinic um, who are, they spend a day a week catching up with patients and, and serving them with different forms and, you know, whatever it might be. And we've just set up a really simple self-service system. Can, you know, is it is it possible for you to do that? The answer is yes. Can you do it for no cost? Yes. Can you just allow patients to self-serve a little bit more? Um, you know, and how do you do that? Is that an option for you? So there are all of these different things I think are really, really interesting. Um and again, I think a lot of this is either time focused or or about strategy. So strategizing the clinic going forward. And and the recruitment retention thing is such a big one because no one yeah. seemingly focuses on retention, but you know, it, it, you need to keep yourself happy. I know how many people are moving from one clinic or starting their own business, and you need to try and make sure that that you keep as many people retain as many people as possible.
0: And that's why I think you're right. I think it's like we know what we're meaning by growth. You know, like if you talk about developing or personally growing, you're not necessarily meaning it literally. I could do it. You know, I'm not. I'm not up for growing any more than I have been, but it's. Your, your development and your individual progress is probably progress, maybe is a better, better phrase for that. That's because mm. you can grow without necessarily growing in size, you, know, you grow in quality and things like that. And so, I think that's a, a really good point. Joe Turner, hi, Joe. She, she'll be no doubt across the show. We need to rope her into a few sessions that we've got her in pencil. So, Joe, if you're still listening, we need to have that chat because uh, we've got some great plans for you that we look forward to you being involved in. So, Joe, off of me, Hab has said, Translation is key. We're a crazy mashup of altruism, entrepreneurship, and idealism. Understanding our competing priorities and helping us manage our businesses with that in mind is no mean feat. Your thoughts on on that, Michael? Because that feels sums it up fairly well in terms of that conflict
1: nature of a business owner. In it really does. It really does. And I think there's a there's a real issue between being entrepreneurial and being clinical. They they almost they're just. <laughs> so opposing and um and what we try and do and what i try and do with people all the time is say you know i I use the example of a hairdresser uh you know the hairdresser charges 250 pounds for an appointment and that you're sat there charging 50 pounds um and you know that's just not entrepreneurial when you can get when you've got a waiting list we spoke to a person this morning he's got a waiting list of two months and you know i mean for him it's not a question putting up prices but why not put up prices but again there is that Difficulty isn't there. You put up the prices. What about those people that can't afford it? And you and I have had that discussion. before.
0: Well, we haven't. And, and, and you can expect some of that in this show, because we also recognize that the timeliness of that question, when there are groups of increasing groups of people that can't be served on, you know, unfortunately, on the NHS for various reasons and you know you don't this show's not going to get sucked into the politics of it but it's definitely going to be talking about the fact that we understand and respect some of those emotions that might draw you into creating innovations within your systems that might Allow for you to still serve uh, a population that are otherwise disenfranchised or that otherwise can't necessarily get into even see fracture clinic physiotherapists at the moment, which is just an embarrassing state of affairs, of course, uh, in in with regards to the fact that we've all paid for that ahead of time through taxation. So it is it, is a, it drives you crazy, but it's kind of that we're not going to be ignorantly just with our blinkers on, thinking that, well, let's just find a way to serve the top 5% of society with with high margin just because we can. We, We all know that we want to help people and help people with their aches and pains, particularly in the MSK game. So let's be thoughtful about that. And there'll certainly be panels, interview discussions and various different formats of content that we've got across this show that will help do that. But, yeah, thanks, Joe, for summing it up so brilliantly, I'm not one for brevity, so I'm glad that someone did, that was nice, that was uh, much appreciated. Uh, I wanna just reel off a few from the innovation stream. Again, not perfectly worded, but we do love innovation and we also love the fact that some of these topics in this stream, they're not inherently innovative as concepts, right? It's the way in which they're applied that when done thoughtfully, and some of our favorite business owners are are in amongst this, this stream it's it's how you apply this logic that can make it innovative. And I think that that's where it's not about th- coming up with the, the absolute worldly of an idea. It's about being innovative about, about how it applies to you. And so we've got sessions such as successful referral relationships with orthopaedics, with orthopaedic surgeons on that on that session. Jonathan Bell, I, I can't remember if he's confirmed, but, but should be involved if we can get him. And it, the innovation, Obviously, it's not innovative to have those relationships. It's innovative to how you manage them, how you apply them, how you serve that relationship with, with the appropriate um, communication flows. Um, and, and that's the sort of thing we'll be doing, valuing and retaining staff. Don't mean test your patience. That'll be with Celia Champion. She's confirmed for the show. Leading change and taking your team with you. How do you communicate your vision? If you are an innovative visionary leader, how do you make sure that that doesn't always fall on you and you can take your team with you and make sure that that becomes robust? Outsourcing, when to do it, what to do and how you might go about doing it. Building and leveraging personal brands where appropriate. And then an interesting debate that you've you've always been pushing for, not just on this show, but generally speaking, your rhetoric in the market, Michael, about the perfect clinic versus the perfect customer you know that this balance between what is it is you aim for do you avatar the actual desired customer or is injury diverse enough that you actually you need to just develop a perfect clinic and then the the customers of any flavor or persuasion will come i just wanted to we've only got a few minutes left but invite your thoughts on why you've always felt that that's an important discussion to have
1: yeah the perfect customer it's actually one of the only things i'll probably disagree with andy hosgood on uh he he looks at the perfect customer as being important for me it's just not i think you have to build the business to serve the people in your demographic unless you have um mosaic and and the kind of systems that you can use and i'm going a bit off here but you you need to serve the customers that are going to come to you rather than saying i am someone who wants to treat only elite people in this area and i are want to be people it just isn't going to work i think it's much more about being broad and and seeing what comes through rather than building a clinic to hit a certain type of person um, and, and that's exactly the sort of thing that we i can imagine in certain circumstances
0: and certain specific products you will need to narrow your perception but it's kind of as a clinic if you, you should be offering a suite of options that then means that you don't make the mistake that you end up sort of doing yourself out of out of work we because you've been mistake. too narrow.
1: We see that mistake all the time where someone says, this is who I want to treat, and then they're turning away 90% of the people in their loc- locality. And I want to see
0: left-handed hockey players yeah, uh, who, it, who play midfield.
1: Like I only want to treat 20 to 30-year-olds who are sporty. Well, sure. actually, from what we've seen, the biggest growth area is for 40 to 50-year-olds who are active – care about their health, have an investment in, in time, are able to invest time and money. And those people are the ones that are actually gener- generating all the revenue and have the big problems because people like me are all falling apart. But if, well. you've got,
0: but if you've got two days' worth of capacity, you've no intention to go into a team, and you work in a sports club, that that only has teams that then play in that, then yeah, you can make sense of it. But for those that are wanting a thorough MSK offering, then why would you narrow yourself? So it's an interesting discussion and definitely one I look forward to you having on the show. Uh, We've just given you a glimpse today as to what we've got planned. But please do have a look and visit therapy-live.co.uk forward slash tickets to get your free ticket to Therapy Live business and to have a little look at to all the content-related options to get hold of all of the PhysioMatters library. Uh, at uh, When we have a show on, we also then, of course, do you the favor of, of some discounts onto the early bird rate, which won't last forever. The show is on the 18th of September, which is a Saturday, based on the feedback that you've all been giving us. Thank you for those that have been completing our mother of all surveys, which we're gonna give one last boost ahead of the show as well so please do find that link if you haven't already given us that feedback for thanks to those that have we know that you wanted a saturday show especially for those of you that are in the grind on business uh, in business at the moment and um, final final thoughts from me really is a massive thank you for some of our confirmed speakers already we've got the the mighty michael schumacher of course joining us today as well as going to be across that with his team from hmdg digital experts and partners on the show we have elevate your clinic uh, a primary sponsor of this event alongside partnering with the development of the con- content phil Badley, andy Hosgood. Absolute brilliant at the Therapy Live show last year on the business stream, part of what has motivated us to then turn it into an event. We've got Celia Champion confirmed, Sue Julians I spoke to today, she's run the Barbican Clinic, 18 years to great effect and, and taken a team with her on that vision, which has been fantastic. Rob Bevan, leading chiropractor and owner of Dire Street Clinic. I'm probably not mentioning all of them, but uh, I'll just I'll I'll leave it lingering. I'll leave a few more lingering so that we can get all the rest of the announcements formalized. But do pay attention on social media hashtag Therapy Live and of course at TPM Podcast for all information as well as on Facebook. Do follow and uh, keep an eye out on Instagram at Therapy Live. Is it Therapy hyphen Live? Therapy hyphen Live, or oh, just search for Therapy Live. We'll be search fine. for Therapy Live Instagram and Facebook as well. But yeah, thanks so much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we've got some work to do. Let's keep yeah. cracking. All right. All the best. Thanks, everyone.